You're listening to Titan Nature's Yellowstone, a podcast for those that don't get out, can't get out, or can never get enough. Sponsored by Think Tank Photo. Think Tank Photo designs camera carrying solutions for working professionals. Welcome to another episode of Tied to Nature's Yellowstone. This is your host, Adam Brubaker. So I've been putting it off, but I'm going to do it today. I'm talking about Old Faithful. This is one of the most popular places in Yellowstone. And when I say that I'm putting it off, I think it's intimidating for me to talk about the Old Faithful area. I mean, I do know a lot about that area. I would definitely say I'm not an expert in it. And things are also changing all the time there. As far as geyser predictions, and as far as I should clarify, all the time I've been guiding for eight years, and sometimes I I get back to the the information that I was sharing eight years ago, you know. So castle geyser, grand geyser, or the different predictable geysers, you know, they change their timing a little bit. Or you know, I remember when I first started going to the old Fayfield area, there was a geyser, sawmill geyser, was very active, and now it's not active at all. So. Over long term, some of this is kind of hard to keep up on, you know, especially with Old Faithful as a guide and doing tours. Typically, when we're in this area, we're there to watch an Old Faithful eruption, take a look at the Old Faithful Inn. And for me as a guide, then we're out of there, we're moving on to another area and to try to move through the park. This is one place there's a lot more to do here. There's a lot to see. I like walking around this area. If you have the time to see the geysers. I mean, there is just so much going on in this little area, and I'm going to try to give you just a little sliver of that today, of what you can do while you're in the Old Faithful area. Where else to start with but Old Faithful? I mean, that's that's the highlight here, right? Everybody is going to see Old Faithful Geyser. Now, Old Faithful, it was first, I guess you could say, written about or discovered, you know, officially, I guess, in 1870 by the Washburn Expedition. And back at that time, the geysers were erupting about every 60 minutes. Now, there's a couple things that have changed that over time. One was an earthquake in 1959, and the other one was an earthquake, I want to say, in the 70s. And so right now, Old Faithful is is going about every 90 minutes, plus or minus 10 minutes. And, and that changes, I think it's actually every, I don't know, 96, 98 minutes right now on average. So basically, to predict Old Faithful, they're just an averages. You know, they're they're watching from the time Old Faithful starts to when it stops. And if it goes longer than three minutes, the average time the next eruption is going to be is about 90, just over 90 minutes. And so that's really what they're doing to predict it, because everything down below this geyser is very consistent. The water flow into the reservoir, the buildup of pressure, and then the re- release of that pressure. And that's the basics of what a geyser is. And you have this plumbing system, you have a constriction, the Old Faithful, this constriction's about 25 feet down, it's about four inches in diameter. And that's where pressure builds up. Uh, about another 25 feet down, about 50 feet down, is this reservoir where water is filling in. And this is another one of those things that seems to be changing exactly what we know about this. And the reservoir is new technology advances our understanding of what is actually below the ground here. Uh, This is the basic idea is you have a geyser, water fills up a reservoir. Over time, that reservoir of water 
is filling up with pressure at Old Faithful. I believe it's about 300 degrees at 50 feet down. And so it's it's basically, if you think of like a pressure cooker, if you've used a pressure cooker before, you have the lid on and all this pressure is building up. And finally, that pressure is going to be released. It has to be released somehow. So think about just taking the lid off of a pressure cooker. Do not do that. That is very dangerous. But it's the same idea. It results in all that hot water exploding out of the pan or exploding from the geyser. And so by the time that this water actually erupts, you're, the water's about 200 feet, excuse me, 200 degrees. The water's about 200 degrees when it erupts. Now, the very basics, I mean, there's a lot that goes on down below, but let me just tell you, when you're watching Old Faithful, what should you look for? How do you know it's going to erupt? Well, to start with, you know, there's going to be different predictions around the park. You can call the phone number. You can get on Twitter. There's apps, Geyser Times, or the Park Service has an app to find out when it erupts. And it's going to give you a time. You know, let's say it's going to erupt at uh, 1 p.m. Well, that 1 p.m. is that's plus or minus 10 minutes either way. It usually falls within that that window. I always like to be there early, uh, about 10 minutes before that, just to make sure, because every once in a while it goes outside that window. And that way you're ready. You know, right now, in the, the summertime, if you want to have a seat to sit down at, you would want to be there 20, 30 minutes or even more earlier because people are there. There's a lot of people watching Old Faithful every time it goes off. Or, you know, what I recommend to people is stand back a little bit because if you have people out in front of you, you know, you're not as close to the geyser, you're, you know, 100 feet further back. But those people that are out in front of you give you a perspective on how tall it goes because it's hard to kind of tell. I've heard a lot of things about when, you know, watching Old Faithful and be like, oh, it, you know, it seems like it used to be taller. Well, it could be that you were younger or shorter when you last saw it. Or maybe they just, you don't have a perspective. You don't understand how high it's going. So I tell everybody on average, Old Faithful goes about 140 feet in the air. I think on average, it's close to 130. The reason I say 140 is because during the summer months when I have the opportunity or the winter, I'd always ask the visitor center, you know, how high was that? And more often than not, they would tell me about 140 feet in the air. So they're, they're recording that every time. So anyways, you're, you're watching Old Faithful. You're getting ready for it to erupt. And you're there set up, and it starts teasing you is the first thing. as what's called pre-play. Water starts splashing up. And you're going to start recording, and it's going to stop, and it's going to be dead for again, a minute or two again. It's going to splash up again, and you're going to start recording. Well, it's going to do that pre-play. It tricks a lot of people. So watch for some splashing. This is this um, chemical reaction that's starting to occur. And so once it really starts to go, you typically know it because of how high the burst or how big the burst is. It can be a bigger burst than some of the small splashes that you see. And once it starts erupting, usually the first 30 seconds are the most important. So that's when it's going to reach that highest point of 130, 140 feet, although it could go as high as 180 feet in the air. So that first 30 seconds, I always tell people, that's when you went to pictures, when you take a video, when you're taking videos, when you're taking pictures, you can find lots of those pictures all over online. Make sure that you're holding your phone to the side. Make sure you're actually watching it with your eyes rather than through a screen. It'll give you a much better experience, I think. And not only... Don't always only watch it, but listen to it as well. In the summertime, this is harder to do because there is a lot of people. I'm talking maybe 5,000 or more people around. You have traffic in the background. There's a lot going on. 
but if you listen, you can hear. Whereas in the wintertime, there's only a few hundred people, a couple hundred at the most, people watching this as it goes off. So you can really tell the difference in listening to it then. In the winter and the summertime, one thing to think about as you're watching it, kind of goes back to the setup. You know, when you choose your location, just because everybody else is there doesn't mean it's the best place to watch it from. Look at the wind and look to see which way the steam is going towards. If that steam is blowing in your direction, you want to walk around to a different side. That way you can see more water and less steam. So Old Faithful's erupting. It's going to last about three to five minutes. Uh, so not very long, you know, and that hits that peak in the first 30 seconds. Then it slowly works its way down. Now, here's another clue for you. You know, I do recommend watching for the whole thing. But if you're worried about getting ice cream, leave about 30 seconds early. As soon as you start seeing people, go to the ice cream line. No, I'm joking. You know, those are the kind of the two, well, I guess you could say three things that you're going to stand in line for in Yellowstone. The three big things. Old Faithful, ice cream, and bathrooms. So every, after Old Faithful, everybody's going back to the gift shops and to the, the ice cream and doing everything else. Old Faithful is the biggest attraction in this area, but it's not the only thing going on. So there's a few different places that you can walk around this area, and I'm going to try to take it place by place and just mention a couple things, just kind of scratch the surface here. You know, one thing I want to mention right off is Old Faithful is not the only predictable geyser in this area. It's the, the largest consistent predictable geyser in the world. But right in this area, there's another four geysers that are predictable. Uh, you, have the Gra- you have Grand Geyser, you have Castle Geyser, you have Daisy Geyser, and you have Be- uh, excuse me, Riverside Geyser as four other predictable geysers around the Old Faithful area in this, in this area. And so as we go through, I'm going to mention those as we go kind of from section to section. Let's start right at Old Faithful. So let's say Old Faithful is the center, and there's kind of a loop that goes around Old Faithful. And there's, there's not a whole lot on this loop, but as you walk down next to the river along this loop, you're looking across. If you look across the river to the north, you're going to be looking at what's the Geyser Hill group. There's the Geyser Hill. There's a lot going on up there. But right along that section, you have something, let's say, uh, Chinese Spring. And where Chinese Spring actually got its name was there was a group of international visitors that is rumored to be washing their laundry here at one time when this geyser erupted and threw their clothes up into the air. And that's how Chinese Spring got its name. Uh, right next to that, there's also the Blue Star Spring. And these, these are hot. Blue Star is about 190 degrees. Uh, Chinese Springs is about 197, which would be right below that boiling point. So some very hot things in this area. I like this area because occasionally uh, if you're watching across that Geyser Hill group, watching Old Faithful, you might see Beehive go off. And this is a great place. I'd like to go right down there along the river. It's a great place to watch Beehive Geyser. Uh, It's easier to get there than trying to go around the trail and to be right next to Beehive. You can also see Lion Geyser. So actually, let's, let's go over to the Geyser Hill group. The best way to get there from Old Faithful, I would suggest, is going to the east, kind of the north, so past the Old Faithful Lodge, which is different than the Old Faithful Inn, so towards the Old Faithful Lodge, then go down across the river um, over the bridge and then up into the Geyser Hill area. I'm just going to talk about a few things at Geyser Hill, 
my favorite geyser is here on Geyser Hill, and that is Beehive Geyser. So Beehive is not a predictable geyser as of right now. In years past, it has been. It goes off currently about once a day. And it's not predictable, but you'll get an idea if it's going to go off about 15 minutes beforehand. Uh, because before it goes off, there's a little geyser next to it. It's referred to as Beehive's indicator. And it's something about 15 minutes before Beehive goes off, this little geyser will start going. And then you know that you know Beehive is about to go. And it'll go about 200 feet in the air. Beehive gets its name because the cone looks like an old, an old beehive. So beehive, is, I mean, nothing against Old Faithful, but there are a few geysers in this area. That if you were to watch beehive or Old Faithful and say which one's better, it's probably going to be beehive. It lasts longer. It goes higher. It can go upwards of 200 feet and lasts quite a bit longer. So beehive is very impressive and my favorite geyser probably in the park. And the other thing that's neat about Beehive and some of these geysers is, you know, I don't know the distance from Old Faithful. You're a, a hundred, couple hundred feet from Old Faithful, maybe. Beehive, you're like 10 feet from it when it goes off. I mean, it is right there if you're standing next to it. So also on this geyser hill, you have the Lions Group. You have, uh, what is it? Lion Geyser, Lioness, Big Cub, Little Cub. And Lion is the most active out of those. Uh, it's not, I mean, I, I, I'll mention it's not predictable um, for me and for a lot of people. There's a group of what you know are often referred to as geyser gazers in Yellowstone. And I've talked to them, and they kind of have, they're cued in on some of these things. They, can, they know what to look for better, and they know more of when these are going to go off. They keep track of things. And so I often say, if you see somebody, it looks like a lawn chair, or set up next to a geyser with a notepad or maybe some radios, you know, ask them, hey, you know, what you watching for? What should I be watching for? As you, you know, there's a lot of people out there that know more than me do, that probably know more than you. And if you're not sure what people are looking for or waiting for, just just ask. And so you have Lion Geyser. It's a neat one. And it goes off periodically. Oftentimes I've been watching Old Faithful and you'll see old or see Lion Geyser going off in the background. Uh, other things in this area, you have uh, Ear Spring. And Ear Spring, it caught a lot of attention back in 2018 when it erupted, and there was a lot of debris that came out of it. Anything from like a cement block to cans and coins. Uh, I remember seeing a picture, there was a, a baby pacifier. And some of these dated back as, as far as the 1930s. Uh, it gets its name Ear Spring because of the shape of it. So Ear Spring is something that's unique there. And, you know, part of these are just knowing the stories behind it. You know, you walk up to Ear Spring and just say, oh, look, there's a spring, looks like an ear. Well, you know, get the little guide or look up some, I'm actually, you know, found this website earlier today and it's uh, through the National Park Service and they have a virtual tour of the geyser basins. So, I mean, you can have all these little pinpoints and it'll tell you about it, what the temperature, the pH level is, you know, a little bit about the features in the area. And so try to find a guide or, you know, there's a book I'm sitting right here on my desk right now, The Geysers of Yellowstone, fifth edition. I think that's the latest edition right now that you can walk around or look up things because it's one thing to say, hey, there's another hot spring. It's another thing to say, oh, your spring, this, this erupted in 2018 and there was a pacifier that came out of it, you know, from the, the 60s or something. And so there's, there's some neat stuff going on. At the same time, ear spring erupted. 
you know, I saw this video of the ground in that area. It was, it was almost like the ground looked like water. It was just moving up and down. It was pulsating. So they had to close the, the um, boardwalk up there for a while as a new hot spring or a new geyser came up under the boardwalk. And that has since gone dormant and it's changed. So there's constant change in the area. Uh, other things in this area, I'll mention Giantess Geyser. Um, see if I get this date right. I think it was like a year ago in August. And I, I have, I think it was August 26. I pulled up, we're getting ready to watch Old Faithful. And there's this other geyser going off. I'm thinking, what is that? And I, was, I think that's Giantess Geyser. And sure enough, I mean, it, uh, Giantess Geyser was going off. It was reaching, you know, it reaches heights of up to 200 feet. And I think that was the first time in about seven years it went off. And so, you know, that's, that's the Geyser Hill group area. And again, just a little bit of what's going on here. Very, I mean, there's a lot of things to walk and see. So from there, if you're, you know, walking the trail, you keep on, um, well, you know, let's stop there real quick because there's actually a trail here that will go up to Solitary Geyser and then also up to uh, a lookout where you can look down and watch Old Faithful from this this trail. So something else to consider in that area, and that's going more north. If you go west, you're going to walk towards Grand Geyser. And Grand Geyser, yeah, I mean, ha- well, and actually before you even get to Grand Geyser, there's Cardi Geyser or Sawmill Geyser and the kind of a group. There are a few different things that you see along the way. And at that point, you can turn and go kind of back south towards Castle. And so Castle Geyser is one of the predictable geysers. And I don't have the exact numbers. Again, this I did some research to try to find it, and I don't remember exactly. But Castle Geyser right now, I believe, is going about every 14 hours. With Castle Geyser, it's one that you might have to wait around for. I'm trying to remember how often Castle Geyser um, erupts. It, it seems like at one time it was like every plus, plus or minus every 90 minutes. I think that is off right now. Yeah, that's Castle Geyser, and you have a couple things there. You have Crested Pool, which is is really neat. It's constantly bubbling. You know, that water is about 190 degrees there. You have Porter Shell Spring right next to it. So Castle Geyser is kind of neat, and you'll see why. I mean, there's a big buildup of this center, this silica-rich mineral, and that's you'll see why it gets its name, Castle Geyser, there. But if you go back, kind of backtrack, back across the river, going north again, past that sawmill group, that's when you get into Grand Geyser. And Grand Geyser right now, I believe it's about every six hours and plus or minus 45 minutes that you'd be waiting for this one. And Grand Geyser is really impressive. It's the largest predictable geyser in the world. So there's this water geyser that's erupting, you know, shooting 200 feet in the air. And it's one that you can actually predict and, you know, only, you know, you might have to wait around an hour and a half for it within that time, that uh, plus or minus 45 minutes. But you might only have to wait around five minutes for it. And this is one definitely to look more into if you're interested in watching these other geysers. Because Grand Geyser, there are certain ways that you can tell, okay, this is it's getting closer. Now we're going to have to wait 20 minutes. And forgive me, I'm not perfect at this, but it's another little geyser, or at least a pool there that will fill up. And it has some kind of indicator there. You know, if it, if it erupts or does something and it stops, well, then you got 20 minutes more to wait. If it erupts and then the grand geyser starts going, then you're like, well, it's here. So there's a way to tell, you know, within tw- every 20 minutes or so, 
hey, this is, this is getting close. So from Grand, as you continue around, you're going to get some other um, different hot springs right along there, like Beauty Pool and Chromatic Pool as you walk over. And then you're going to go over across another bridge, and you're going to pass Oblong Geyser and go up to Giant Geyser. And Giant Geyser hasn't gone off since 2019. Uh, Giant Geyser is the second um, largest geyser in the world. Um, so it can go upwards of 220 feet in the air. So it's second only to Steamboat Geyser. But again, it has not gone off since 2019. So it's hard to say when that's going to go again. Uh, from there, you're going to go up to what's called Grotto Geyser. Now, Grotto Geyser is kind of cool. It has, um, well, the way it's formed, it has these different vents and different things because there's this mineral, this, this silica-rich mineral at the center or geyserite that you get through the geyser basins. As you walk around, all the geyser cones and everything, all the kind of the gray sand or mineral you see everywhere is this geyserite. And so what happened over time is this geyserite forms or it deposits, and in this case, it deposited over some old tree trunks or in this old tree. And that's kind of how this, this was formed. Now, Grotto Geyser, it seems like right now it's going about every day or so. And so that's, that's a neat one to catch on Grotto Geyser. And I, you know, So from Grotto Geyser, a couple things here. So if you're standing and looking at Grotto Geyser, directly behind you or to the west, there's a hillside. And just an interesting note on that hillside, is where the old Wiley's camp was. And so Wiley, Wiley's camp, I'll, when I get a little bit into the history a little later, I'll probably bring this up more. But basically, he set up the tent camps for the more or affordable option to go camping in the park. Now, from this point, let's go south down the trail because we passed a couple things. Well, the big thing that we passed is there's not far from here, there's a trail just to the south of Grotto that you can go out and see Daisy Geyser. Daisy Geyser is predictable, and it goes about every two hours right now with a plus or minus 20 minutes. Now, something I should mention about Daisy Geyser compared to these other predictable geysers in the area, Daisy is a fountain geyser, whereas Grand Castle and Old Faithful are cone geysers. So a cone geyser actually has a cone where the water has a lot more direction and shooting up. A fountain geyser is more of a pool of water, like a hot spring. And it erupts from there. So those are more like a fountain. They spread out more. And from here, you can keep on going to the east. And you would patch, you pass Punchbowl Spring and Black Sand Pool. And this would actually take you over to the Black Sand Geyser Basin from here. And so those are two neat springs to go and see from there. Uh, so that would kind of take you off that beaten path and over to another geyser, Black Sand Geyser Basin. If you go back to the west, Go back over to Grotto Geyser and go further north on the trail, which I should mention this trail from uh, Old Faithful Inn. If you take that straight towards Castle Geyser up to Grotto and keep on going, part of that is paved and you can ride bikes on that trail through there. So part of that is available for bike riding. So going past Grotto Geyser, you're going to go up and you're going to find Riverside Geyser. And Riverside Geyser isn't he? I mean, it's a geyser with a cone right on the river. And so when this shoots out, it kind of shoots diagonally and kind of goes over the or next to the river. And right now, Riverside Geyser goes about every 
I believe it's eight hours and plus or minus 30 minutes. And again, going back to these, these geysers, this changes over time. So right now, you know, it's, this is going to be released on July 15th of 2021. So if you're listening to this in the future at a different time, I mean, double check on these times and these predictions um, with the park service or before you go to find out, uh, it, you know, Riverside is nice. It's, it's a nice place. It's kind of back away. So there's usually not as many people back there and it sits right on the edge of, of the river and going past Riverside, just a little further, I should mention there are bathrooms. If you go out this far, there are some, uh, what I refer to as the one star restrooms out here, which is good to know. And just past those restrooms is morning glory pool which is a very popular place to visit, um, yet it's quiet back there because there's not a lot of people. It's a hike, so it spreads people out more. Morning Glory Pool is one that over time people have thrown a lot of things into, and the park surface has done very good at cleaning that stuff up and uh, changing. So as people have thrown in things into it over the years, the colors have changed. At one time, it went to this, you know, cool down and this this dark color and didn't have all the vibrant colors that you see today. Uh, they, there's, I believe there's actually a sign there that talks about them cleaning up and the, the way they did this. Uh, they try to keep things out of there. And it's, you know, as you walk through these areas, you know, don't throw things into them. These aren't wishing wells or, you know, throw rocks into them because it'll clog up these features and change what they are. So this morning glory pool has this beautiful yellow and this green and these vivid colors. And that changes when you clog up the, the piping system, the water system that allows water in there. You know, we see on some of those happen on a natural occurrence that things just change over time. We don't want to do anything to, to influence that. So then for morning glory, you can walk further back and you'll pass things like uh, Artemisia geyser and gym pool, eventually make it back to the uh, Biscuit Basin. So if you take that trail all the way back, it would go to Biscuit Basin. So another option is you could park at Biscuit Basin and walk in from there. So all in total, it's, I believe if you go to Biscuit Basin and back from Old Faithful, it's about five miles. Um, you know, so and that's all depending on where you start at. So it's really not too bad of a hike. You know, if you just go back a mile and a half, two miles. Um, but there's a lot of hiking and things to do in this area a lot of walking around. And again, that is just scratching the surface of the the area, the things you can see, and what is in this area. I mean, for example, in this area, in a square mile around Old Faithful, there are approximately 150 geysers. And this, this gets a little, you know, the information here, I try to do some looking up, but it, it's hard to find exactly how many geysers, you know, I, I read anywhere from 30% of the world's geysers to 150 geysers. You know, 30% of the world's geysers would be close to, you know, 300 geysers because they say there was about 500 geysers in Yellowstone, about half the world's geysers. So some mixed numbers there, but it gives you an idea that there's just a lot of geysers in this area. And you have some of the largest geysers in the world here, and then you have geysers that might go a foot in the air. So a geyser can be... You know, it's, it's no set height on what it, what it calls to be a geyser. So all kinds of different geysers, hot springs, fumaroles, and things in this area that you can walk around and see. Now, I should mention, I should have mentioned this to start with. You're in a very dynamic area with different pH levels, with different temperatures, 
with geysers going off, stay on the boardwalks. Um, you don't want to touch the water. You know, you don't want to do things that are going to um, not only change the thermal activity in the area, you know, from throwing things in to walking in areas. It's dangerous. You don't want to go off the boardwalks. You don't want to touch the water. Um, these are things that can seriously injure people as, as you get too close or if you, if you wander from the boardwalks. The other thing in this area is there are bison that hang out here. And these bison are the ones that I refer to as the grumpy old men. They're the big boys. They're the big bulls that want to be left alone. Uh, they're the most dangerous animals in the park, and they don't like selfies. So please give them their space. Just because you're on the boardwalk and they're not on it doesn't mean it's a good idea to walk past them. Go around. Take a different trail. Wait for them to move. So remember, as you go safety first as you go around these areas. That's kind of the basics of Old Faithful and the geysers and the hot springs and just a very brief glimpse into it. I also want to talk about the history here. Um, and other things that are going on here, because you're not just watching Old Faithful and, you know, having this geyser basin. You have three different lodging facilities, the the two lodges and an inn here. You have the visitor center, you have the gift shop, you have the gas stations. So there's a whole little community here, basically. And so you can book a hotel room here. So the three different places to stay are going to be the Old Faithful Inn, which is built in 1903 to 1904. You have the Snow Lodge, which is the newest facility, and then you have the Old Faithful Lodge. Now, the Old Faithful Inn is the one I want to mention specifically because it's a beautiful building, especially from when it was built originally in 1904. So, when you, the Old Faithful Inn, it's, it's an all wooden structure. And you, when you lock, walk into the lobby, and I should back up here, some of the stuff that I'm going to talk about with the history, I'm giving credit to. Leslie and Ruth Quinn. Um, I've take I've listened to Ruth on her tours that she does of the Old Faithful Inn. Sadly, this year she cannot do those tours. And then also Leslie, I've taken a class from him, and he's walked around the Old Faithful area, and he's very knowledgeable about this area. And I learned a lot from him as we walked around. So I'll kind of share a little bit of what I've learned from them on the history in this area. So to start with the Old Faithful Inn, it's a beautiful building. And built in originally in 1904. Now, going back to the Geyser Basin, let's say that you're walking past Castle Geyser and you're walking towards the Old Faithful Inn. You're on the original road that would take you through the Geyser Basin up to the Old Faithful Inn. So the idea with the architect, uh, who was Robert Reamer, as he built this, is here's this road going up to show off his, his building, you know, his design. And as you come up to the Old Faithful Inn, you would go around in front of it and, you know, underneath the, the balcony there. And then your attention is going to be facing, you're going to be facing right at Old Faithful, which then is kind of the key feature there. As you walk into the building, there are big red doors. And these red doors, red was an international sign of welcome. But back at the time when this was first built, that was anybody was welcome as long as you were registered as a guest there. So as you walk into the building, Walk in and there's, I mean, you just look straight up to the top of the building and see the different levels and the different it's balconies as it goes up. Now, this building was built about 70 feet tall on purpose. As the average height of a lodgepole pine tree is about 76 feet tall. So Robert Reamer didn't want this to stand out and be the, 
kind of the shining moment here, the, the big thing in this area. He wanted it to be blent in more. And he also wanted it to feel like as you walked inside, you were still outside. And that's why you'll see these beams going up that look, or, you know, look like a tree trunk with branches coming off of it. Beautiful building inside. You have this beautiful rock fireplace, which is about 500 tons of rock with a, a clock on it. It's the original clock. And it used to be, you know, it used to go up and there's a little, almost a little ladder thing goes out to it. And the bellboy would go out there and wind it. Now been updated, so it runs on electricity. Uh, when this, this hotel opened, you know, this is 1904 that it opened. It was a five-star hotel. So it had, you know, indoor plumbing. It had electricity from a, a steam generator. had all the amenities that they would, they would want there. You know, you have the kind of the original structure, which is called the old house. And then you have two wings that were built on at later dates. This is where the five-star bathrooms are in here. I had to mention that. There's a gift shop in here, place to get ice cream, restaurant. Some of that is not open this year for 2021 as it's a different year with COVID. But uh, typically, those are things that you can do. Typically, Ruth would be in there. One, Somebody from Zantar would be in there um, offering tours of this, of this building and share some great insights into the history of this building. And so the other thing I want to mention is you had, this is one way um, that people used to come into the park and stay. And this was meant for, you know, the more of the wealthy, the upper class people that would stay here. You also, I mentioned earlier, you had the Wiley camp, the tent camps. And you would have, this was the other way to kind of explore the park is through this tent camping. And they had this tent camps down in the geyser basin. Well, over time, those tent camps eventually kind of got wooden bases and then had cabins and then turned into these lodges. So around the park, you're going to see, you know, a nice hotel or an inn like the Old Faithful Inn, and then you're going to have the Old Faithful Lodge. So the lodges were the more affordable places to stay originally, the inns, you know, the, the nicer places, and that's kind of still how it is to this day. And so other things in this area, you know, as far as parking, there's two places to park. The place to park, you know, you follow the signs in here, back to the geyser parking, that kind of puts you closest to the big gift shops, visitor center. Uh, the old faithful, old faithful itself, be able to explore this area. There are restrooms on the back side of that parking lot that are the one stars, uh, which are probably less used than the ones right in the the buildings. So you have a few different gift stores here. You have one actually around by in the old faithful inn, and at the Hamilton store, which is on from the parking lot at the old faithful inn. The big gift shop is back by the old faithful geyser parking lot, and then there's another one at the Snow Lodge. I believe there's one at the Old Faithful Lodge as well. A lot of shopping in this area. It's a great place to do some, you know, if you're looking for a little shopping, a place to eat, you have the Old Faithful Lodge. You have the, more of the cafeteria. You have the Geyser Grill over by the Snow Lodge, as well as uh, a nicer restaurant inside the Snow Lodge. And then the Old Faithful Inn has both a grill and it's the Bear Pit and then the, the nicer restaurant in there as well. And then over at Hamilton store, you also have kind of the grill, the hamburgers and things there. There are gas stations too, one over by Old Faithful Inn, one over closer to the Snow Lodge. You also do have a medical clinic in this area. And so there's a lot going on here. That's, you know, that's the basics of this area. That's what I wanted to cover a little bit about the history here, specifically with the, the Old Faithful Inn, the geysers, you know, a huge area to walk around this area. Uh, if you're looking for more information uh, on this area, things to do, there's some great resources. You can look at the Yellowstone, the official guide. 
Geysers of Yellowstone. Um, this is the fifth edition that I was looking at. Great resource, resources online. Feel free to call me, text me, email me. You can find all my information on tiedtonature.com or on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And if you ever see me out, I had somebody uh, a week ago or two weeks ago, I was out in Lamar Valley, just went up and started chatting with her and to see if she was seeing any wildlife. And she recognized me. If you recognize me out in the field or see one of my vans at Tied to Nature doing tours, feel free to come up to me or any of my guides and ask any questions. Realize that we are on typically on a tour, but we are more than happy to assist you in any way that we can. So enjoy this episode. And again, tune in next time. Thanks for listening to Tied to Nature's Yellowstone, the podcast for those that don't get out, can't get out, or can never get enough. Keep up to date with Tied to Nature and Think Tank Photo on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.